record. We have to do a Facebook recording and a audio recording on the little MP3. Oh, is that Amita joining? <laughs> that's funny. That's funny when you join. Yeah. Well, that's good. So we, you know, it's good that I know Sherry and Amita. Some of us like have you know little conversations with the people that are online. That's cool. Yeah. All right, just a few announcements. Tonight's the big night for the praise team. We've been hearing about this for a month or so. It's the, the night of praise. Yeah, um, Ashley works at Holman Bank. Her husband's going to be here, right? Oh, probably is. Matt Franklin? Yeah, because I've seen her Friday. Yeah. Yes. The last night, James. Yeah, there you go. James said there was like four groups or bands performing. So that'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, Matt Franklin. I think most of us know Matt Franklin. He was our song leader. Five Finger Friday. Five Finger, yeah. It's like retail rebel stuff. All right, so that's tonight at 6 o'clock. That'll be good. Marriage conference is just next weekend. I think the uh, deadline for the hotel room is, ah. is done. Angie needs to go because Brian wants her to get help. Oh, man. I think Brian needs to go. The men are the... Uh, That's what he said Wednesday night in class. Sounds like a cop-out. That's funny. Yeah. Well, they can go to the uh, sessions Friday evening and Saturday. I think that's just 65 bucks. Can I the, invest women's study? You could. It's the invest women's study. That's has started up again. They meet next week. Looks like the next two meetings, Tuesday and Thursday. Sherry has win. I think there's a pretty good turnout. I've seen them setting in here. They have it in here in this room. Do you go to that, Connie, by chance? Before, You've been to some. It's like I do so many things. I know. That it's like I, at some point i got to be seeing my family, too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I try to pick the ones I really want. That's right. Proverbs 11.1. False yeah. balance is an abomination. All right. Kingdom seekers. We always need help teaching the, the kids over in the E-Wing. I think most of us do it. I know Connie does. And, so anyway, Pastor Brian's having a meeting next Sunday in his office. If you're interested in helping in the E-Wing, we could always use more people. Chili supper, can't forget that. That'll be two weeks from today. Uh, Dave Branham is uh, in charge of all that. I think we already have our two judges, uh, Becca and Belinda. So we're, we're good there. Becca's too skinny. She ain't going to know what tastes good. I know. That's true. We need somebody that's an experienced eater. Yes. <laughs> somebody that's with a refined palate. Yeah. Uh, men's breakfast. This is a lot of fun. Ed goes. Yes, Ed. Can we put a number seven on there? 321. Ed's birthday. Man, oh, we need to oh. we need to put that up here. It's gonna be a party. Ed's birthday. Ed's sing. Twenty-one, the birthday of Ed. Ed B Day. What what day is that? That would be a Monday, wouldn't it? No, that's Sunday. Oh, oh that's Sunday. Yeah, because that's a Saturday. Yeah. Woo! Oh man. Right in class. We need to make a note. What time is the breakfast? Yeah, let me uh, write down here. 321. The breakfast. The men's breakfast. Yeah, you ought to come. 830. 830 to 9:30. Calling all men. It's a good time. Uh, I, I go all the time. Ed, I think Rich has been to some. Chuck's always there. Good food. I've never been. 
<laughs> kind of never been. It's the He-Man Woman Haters Club, like on the uh, Little Rascals, I think it was. <laughs> All right, then the big day, three weeks from today, Ed's birthday. We'll have to plan something. Yeah. So those are the announcements. Yeah, sing on his own birthday. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, he's a really good singer. Yeah, he's very good. Yep. All right, all thinking whatnot. I should leave that. It always bugs me now that we're done with it. If I got enough cord. Any questions on the announcements? No. Is any questions online, Sherry? Anything on the? No. All right, no, no questions. All right. I hate to race it. It looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good. It looks colorful. Yeah, it's very colorful. Ah. Are we recording yet? Yes, we are live. Just like Memorex. We are live on Facebook. Uh oh. Yeah. Steve Steve watches these uh, and he'll say like, oh, I heard, you know, Pam, I heard Connie, you know, I heard, you know, you can hear people. It's a pretty good mic. I've never watched them. I've never watched myself ever in all the recordings. So there's Belinda. All right. So we got the announcements done. Is there any uh, prayer requests before we get started? We'll get a list going. Yes. I know we need to continue to pray for Ed. Your surgery is on the 2nd? April 2nd. Yes. April 2nd. Surgery. All right. Is that here at Cass, by chance, your surgery? No. It's going to be in the summit. Oh, okay. The big hospital up there. All right. Rich man. Well, I'm glad to be back. Uh, Rich is 14 back. 10 days straight, almost 14 hour days. Oh, um, yeah. Last Sunday, uh, my sister called, and Dawson, my oldest nephew, got COVID at school. Oh, no. So she's had to quarantine herself Yeah. Uh, this past week. So I've been dropping, she's been sending me grocery lists on my phone. I've been picking up fine stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Dropped off the table outside. I dropped her some money off Friday. Just. <laughs> You know, coverage us just paid next this Friday. So well, that's cool. Now, and Do- uh, he's getting to be like fifteen. Wow. He's almost over it already, but um, time flies. It's just kind of mentally and emotionally messing with me this week because I'm used to walking in and making myself at home. Well, yeah. So I've been dropping everything off outside and yeah. talking to him on the phone. Yeah, that would be uh, different. Weird dropping the stuff off. Wow. Makes you feel like you got cooties. Yeah. Yeah, cooties. <laughs> then, That's true. Yeah, from one to announce from the other guys. Uh, Jeff points me out of the Joshua house in March. Booting. Giving you the boot. Well, he thinks I'm ready to... Uh, it's time for me to move on. Yeah, you've talked about that. Yeah. I've, I, we've talked uh, about that. Every day ain't very long. I'm still trying to find a place. So. Yeah. Anybody knows anything? Decent cheap places. Like All right. Oh, who was it that was saying Sarah? I got money in my account. I got my income tax. Sarah says Sarah. Big paychecks. So. Wow. Sarah and peculiar. Let's oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, they have openings up there. Yeah. I think she's on Sherry Lane up there. Yeah. I'll call. I'll get all of them today. Cool. Yeah. Good deal. I'm glad you remembered that, Connie. Yeah. Um, do you have a purchase? Yeah. I'm just getting... Cardiac catheter done next Friday. Oh, wow. Stenson and rotor rootering if he needs it at that time. Alex is still struggling, and his birthday's the third, so maybe Ed could sing then too. <laughs> wow, that's, that's 
So um, that's, that's a lot of stuff. And protection and, yeah, that's some heavy and, stuff. Uh, just calm and peace and just you know stay peaceful about it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord is in control. Yeah, Chuck, what you got? Hey, I like that necklace. You got your back done? Yeah. Well, that's good. It went good then. Yeah, I got to deal for my feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yes, that was for yeah. your back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he got some. Uh, he got some inserts good, the other day that's to good. line his back up. Yeah. Okay. That makes a difference. Yeah. You know, my back's killing me today. I've got a brace on, so I can't hardly move. But, uh, some kind of anyway. All right, is that it? Yeah, Belinda. Oh, really? So, but she had a testimony, so we have no doubts. Okay. So pray for the family, my cousins and uncles. My auntie's taking it really hard. Oh, yeah. Does she live around here? St. Louis and okay. Arizona, Texas. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. What's her name? Marlene. Marlene. That's yeah, a pretty name. It is. Oh, where's your yeah. your uh, garment there? <laughs> Connie is. JJ, um, our little friend from Life Issues. Yeah, do we hear back from her? Yeah, uh, my friend is still having troubles, but she would still appreciate and loves our prayers and enjoys us. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's pretty faithful to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so is she still visiting that friend? Yes. Okay. 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 All right. Is there anything online by chance? No. I know Dottie had some things coming up, I believe. I don't remember offhand. All right. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer and and open up for today. Lord, uh, we thank you that we're allowed to meet this morning and and, uh, open and study your word, Lord. And I thank you for that and the opportunity to bring it forth. And we have a lot of needs and and, uh, things going on in our class this morning. We want to lift up to you, Lord. Think of our brother Ed, that he's got a surgery coming up for his... uh, some of his, his nasal things and just pray that that would go okay and that your hand would be with the doctors and just with his recovery and that you can just encourage him through that and let him know that you're close to him, Lord. Lord, we thank you for Rich and his testimony. Uh, uh, glad he's back and he's not working so much and you know he's got COVID in the family and he's ministering to them, being a good witness for you and just want to continue to lift the Rich and Natalie and, and uh, I believe Travis and all the family up to you, Lord. Uh, just thank you for Rich and his faithfulness to, to show them the, your love. And Lord, for uh, Michael, Connie's husband, we want to pray for him. Uh, Lord, this sounds kind of serious with the cardiac procedure, and it's got to be really scary for Michael. And just pray that uh, you'd give Connie a peace, give her the words to say, to minister and show your love to Michael, that help draw him closer to you. Uh, same with AJ, Lord, let, let things like this that happen in our life often lead us to you. And just pray that through this that uh, your peace and comfort will be felt in the family and that they'll draw them to you. Lord, I do thank you for Chuck. Uh, very faithful, always here, always always loves you, Lord, always in a good mood. And I'm glad that he was able to get the help he needs with his inserts. And just pray you continue to give him good health. For he is a, truly a blessing to all of us, Lord, and to me personally. And for the uh, Aunt Marlene that's passed and uh, Belinda's family, we want to pray for all the family in that situation. Uh, Lord, we don't know them personally, but uh, we know that they love you and 
uh, just pray your peace and comfort in their life and uh, and like with all things like the Lord Ecclesiastes 7 2 that the, when people pass it often brings our thoughts to you and pray that you would draw them to you Lord and uh, JJ you know I pray that uh, she would continue to uh, plug into our ministries here and, and I know she's safe where she's at but pray that you'd bring her back safely Lord and, and uh, here among our friends that we love her Lord and, and, and I just do thank you for her. She's a pretty neat lady. and So we lift all these things up and all the teaching going on this morning in this church and all the churches across our nation that your your word would be proclaimed. And thank you for the time we have. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, there's a lot of stuff today. All right, so anything new on the Facebook, the book of faces, all right, good. Does everyone have a handout? Got handouts in the back. Good deal. It's a big handout. We're not going to go through all of it. I always kind of put a couple appendixes in there in case if people want to take anything further. Um, what we're going to talk about today, yeah, I was telling uh, Emmett and Pam, last week got a little heavy. You know, we were talking about end times, Antichrist, and the judgment of Babylon, and a lot of heavy stuff. So this week I thought we'd kind of lighten it up, talk about some practical things that we all could use. These are these are good uh, good reminders. I've had a good time this week putting it together. Um, what we're talking about the nail of jail. Does anyone know offhand who the nail of jail is referring to? Rich does. <laughs> I, he was just waving to Pab, and we'll call it. <laughs> Didn't you hate that in, in school? You know, you'd yawn and the teacher. Uh. Yeah, but, yes. I apologize for being late. That's fine. if I can pass it around for yeah. Melissa. So she's getting baptized today. Mo- Melissa or Melissa? Uh-huh. I did not know that. And uh, Adrian. Oh, okay. Well, that's awesome. If you, yeah. I just made a little thing. Okay. If you could sign in. Okay. Yeah, Melissa Austin. I think people online know her. I know Dottie does. She's getting baptized down at Adrian at that Christian church they go to, probably. Yeah, yeah she goes to that sometimes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's great. All right. Yeah, Pat, man, we got handouts. I don't know if you grabbed one. All right, so back. The Nail of Jail. Does anyone know, is anyone familiar with this story? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I figured Pam and Emmett were. That is. Yeah, Rich is raising his hand back here. All right, let me get a drink here before I get going. Ah. Yeah. We're going to talk about the nail of jail, seven lessons on overcoming sin in our life. And like I said, this this was a good lesson for me this week, preparing it. It helped kind of bring up a lot of things that I've been through, all of us, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm hoping this can resonate with all of us. All right, so at a high level, the book of Judges is one of my favorite books. It has some of the weirdest stories that are in our Bible or in the book of Judges. It's just page after page of like weirdness in the book of Judges. Very good book. Got a lot of good stories. And when you uh, dissect those stories, they teach some very practical lessons that, that, that we live in our lives today. Um, one of my favorites, 
I have several favorites in Judges, but is the story of Jael and Deborah that we're going to talk about today. Now, in the book of Judges, at a high level, what the whole book of Judges boils down to, you've got Israel. This is right after Moses and and, uh, Joshua. Joshua just left the scene. So Israel has left Egypt. Joshua, they did the battles in the book of Joshua. They're in the promised land. So the Israel's in the promised land. They are not victorious in defeating all of their enemies. You know, God told them to go in the promised land and open can on all the tribes that were there and, and, and take the land. Well, they didn't do that. So when you come to the book of Judges, it is basically seven cycles. Israel goes through seven cycles of sin and deliverance by God. There are seven of these cycles in the book of Judges, and they start out like right at the beginning and the very beginning of the book, and there are seven times that they do these things, and these are the same things that we do. So like on, on your handout on the first page, when I drew this, my, my thinking was that I put my name in that blank. Jim serves the Lord. That's where I'm at today, and that's where I hope I stay. But if I get out of fellowship with the Lord and start quit reading my Bible, I quit coming to church, I slowly will slowly fall away and, and I don't even realize it but I'm slipping into this cycle I fall into sin and idolatry in time when, when you're out of fellowship with God as we all know we will come under bondage to something and this is what happens to Israel seven times in this book as a consequence of our own disobedience we fall into sin. And then we end up on the bottom. Jim cries out to the Lord. I finally had enough of this thing I'm living in. Out of fellowship with God. I cry out to the Lord. Repent. To ask His forgiveness. And I start back up the cycle where God delivers me. Either through His Word or through something. Some means. Jim is delivered. And then I'm back serving the Lord again. This is the cycle that Israel goes through seven times. And the deliverer right here are the judges that he brings in in the book of Judges. There's 15 judges total that judged Israel, but seven of them were involved in this cycle. So we're going to talk about one of these deliverer judges today, and we're going to talk about how God delivered them from the bottom of the wheel back to the top. It's the lessons on, on overcoming the sin that we've allowed in our life. So, that's what the little wheel is all about. Next page. This is the cast of characters. Now, what, what I was going to do... I need to turn there. In order to do this, this whole thing justice, I thought I would, I'm just going to read chapter 4. We'll, we'll go through it. And then I'll pull out some the points. So let's turn in our Bibles to Judges chapter 4. Alright, Judges chapter 4. Alright, everybody there. 
I was going to have someone read it, but I hate to have anybody read this much. Unless someone wants to read it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was quick to see that. All right, here we go. Judges chapter 4, verse 1. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. Ehud was the previous judge. So they're slipping down this cycle. Verse 2. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose hosts was Sisera, which dwelt in Harasheth of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and 20 years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. So they're, they're at the bottom of the cycle here. Verse 4, And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now let's pause there. This, this is the stuff that Moses did. This is like the civil court system that was set up for these judges. You know, they, you know, if you know, he stole my mule. You know, no, I was mine. You know, so I'll go to Deborah and she'll determine what's going on. Or, you know, he's he put a fence up in the wrong place. You know, so that's the kind of stuff she's judging. She's not a she's not a priest or anything like that. It's kind of civil matters. So, uh, verse six. So she sent and called Barak the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said unto him, and this is a question, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun? She's saying, Hath the Lord told you to do something about this Sisera guy? And then verse 7, and I will draw, this is the Lord speaking here, verse 7 the Lord says, And I will draw unto thee to the river of Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. So God will take care of the bad guy. So verse 8, So Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. So verse 9, And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So they're going to go take care of this guy. Verse 10, And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. These are tribes of Israel he's calling. He's calling all men, Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. And he went up with 10,000 men at his feet, and Deborah went with him. Verse 11. Now Heber the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had several himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent in the plain of Zanium, which is by Kadesh. I'll, I'll talk about all these guys in a second. Verse 12. And they, Heber showed Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, was gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera gathered together all his chariots, even 900 chariots of iron, and all the people that were with him from Haresh of the Gentiles under the river of Kishon. 
And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor, and ten thousand men after him. And the Lord discomforted Sisera, and all his chariots, and all his host, with the edge of the sword before Barak. So that Sisera lighted off his chariot, and he fled away on his feet. 16. But Barak pursued after the chariots, and after the host, under Hereshef of the Gentiles. And all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Killed them all. Verse 17. How be it? Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. Verse 18. And Jael went out to meet Sisera. And she said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn into me. Fear not. And we had turned in unto her, into the tent. She covered him with a mantle. And, she sa- and he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man does come and inquire of, of me, say, Is there any man in here? Thou shalt say, No. So then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly in unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground. For he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. So God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the children of Israel, and the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against the king of Jabin the king of Canaanites until they destroyed the king of Canaan. That's the story. Awesome story. That's how Israel was delivered. The nail of jail. Now this, has anyone heard this story? It's kind of, some people probably have. Belinda has. I know Pat has. It's a very cool story that's got a, uh, there's a ton of good stuff in here. And I, I've only got like 30, 40 minutes to go through this, so I had to kind of pare it down. So, um, first, here's our cast of characters. Let's kind of just talk about them for a second, just so we keep all these people straight. Deborah. She's our she's our judge. Uh, she is a strong female character that really girls ought to be taught of more often. Uh, she's the prophetess and judge of Israel. She appears to have stood up when uh, the men of Israel failed, basically, which is what women will do. And in lack of male leadership, a woman will stand in the gap. So she's our one of our heroes, Lepidoth. That's her husband. He's lame duck. He, we don't know much about him because he, he basically was doing nothing. Then we'll talk a little bit more about that. Barak, he's the military leader that went after Sisera. He's, uh, he's a Jew. He's the one that rallied all the different troops from the tribes. Let's go get the bad guy. That's Barak. Jabin, he's the king of the Canaanites. I didn't draw, well, I, I didn't bring my maps out, but this is in north Israel. Is where Jabin, uh, all those giants that Israel didn't kill, this is the remnant that's flourishing. <laughs> Sisera, 
he is our main bad guy in the story. The antagonist, I think he's called. And um, can't help but notice all the references to chariots of iron. Mm. And remember last week we talked about the iron and clay and the end times and how the Antichrist has iron. Iron is it's a key word there. And there's a lot of key words in this chapter. So it's we'll talk a little bit about that. But he's kind of a type of the Antichrist. Just, actually, remember there's 18 men in our Bible that have characteristics of the Antichrist. So Sisera, he's got these iron chariots. He dies from a head wound. And he and, and this battle that took place where he was defeated. We've got a hot one. Got a hot one. The uh the battle that, that we just read about was actually in like around Armageddon, that valley up there. So there's a lot of things about this battle that are types of the end times, but I'm not really going to go there with that, but it's we'll talk a little bit about it. But that's who Cicero. Cicero is the bad guy. He's one of the types of the Antichrist. All right, Jail, the mountain goat, is what her name means. She's a woman of the Kenites, uh, kind of the Midianites. She's just one of the tribes of the people that live there. They're kind of like Switzerland. They're not really against anybody. They're just they're just peaceful people. But Heber, the last guy in that chart, that's Jael's husband. Jael is Heber, her husband is buddies with the bad guy. And he's actually warned Sisera about this brat coming to get him. So but they had a few arguments. I bet they had some words because Jael ends up killing her husband's friend. Yeah. Well, Heber lived, but Heber wasn't home. So jail took care of business when Sisera showed up. So that's our cast of characters that we'll, we'll talk about. So now we're going to talk, we're going to kind of unpack some of this now and talk about lessons that this story teaches us on how we can overcome sin in our life. Because in the story, Sisera, the bad guy, is like sin in our life that shows up unexpected and how how we deal with this problem same way jail is the jail and nail so like i said as i was going through this lesson and and unpacking some of these principles i I really would think about sin in my own life things that i've gone through and how sometimes I did apply these principles, sometimes I didn't. So as we're going through these, think about, think, think about ourselves here. So the very first one, don't let your heart get hardened to sin. This was Israel's problem. I don't know where my little wheel went. The first cycle that they went through, they were only down here in the gutter for about eight years before they cried out to the Lord. And Othniel is one the judge that saved them. But the second time they got out of fellowship with the Lord, they were out 18 years, a little longer. Well, the third time we just read about with Deborah, they were out of fellowship for 20 years. And this is the same thing we do. I know I've done this. When I get out of fellowship with the Lord, sometimes it starts out not very long, then I get back. If I don't get it right altogether, it'll be longer and then longer, and then pretty soon, which we've seen with Israel, they're gone. Jerusalem is destroyed. 
So, there's an old saying about keep short accounts with God. And when we, when we sin and we mess up, it's really important that we not delay, we not tarry, and that we immediately do the John 1, 9. Lord, forgive me. I messed up there. I was at the store and I was mean with somebody or I, you know, I pushed some old lady down the stairs and I'm really sorry about that. Uh, so we should do it. Actually, I read a story about Spurgeon one time that he was crossing the road and he stopped in the middle of the street and started praying because he just remembered something that he did that he shouldn't have done. So he, he didn't even cross the street to ask forgiveness. He took care of it right then. I thought that was a pretty cool story. Um, now I wanted to tie it in with what uh, Steve taught us a, a few weeks ago in Jeremiah 4 3 about uh, thus saith the Lord, break up your fallow ground. You know, keep your hearts tender. If you find yourself out of fellowship with the Lord, don't, don't lie in it. To get it taken care of. Don't wait. Don't wait. Yes. God knows what you did. There's nothing hidden from him. You're not hiding from anybody. So we just need to... <laughs> yeah, do it now. And yeah, then I put that verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 11.31 on your handout. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. We won't have to come under the bondage that... Uh, That'll come. All right, so the next one. Thank you. All right, so the next, number two. Be the spiritual leader God wants you to be. In that story we just read, you know, like I mentioned, there were no men really leaders. Deborah and Jael, the women, stepped up. Well, their husbands stepped down. I don't know if they, they were just absent from what, what God's got going on. Uh, they probably just seen the strength of the enemy physically, these 900 chariots, and it just derailed them. Um, Barak, you know, Barak, when she went to Barak back in verse uh, 6, yeah, back in verse 6, she said, Hey, Barak, didn't God tell you to go take care of these guys? And God said that he would deliver them into your hands? Well, then verse 8, Brack says, Well, if you go, I'll go. But if you ain't going, I ain't going. So he's trusting in Deborah more than God is what he's doing there. And that's something that we see a lot of is that... Me and Sherry talked about this a little bit on the way here today, that men are, to be, men are called to be the spiritual leaders of the house and church. Men are the spiritual leaders. Uh... In the in the lack of male leadership in the home or the church, God will raise up a woman to take over. If there's no woman, then God will raise up kids to take over. I mean, and we see that a lot in the kings of Israel. When you get into First and Second Kings and Chronicles, if if the guy ain't doing the job, there will be a, a lady behind the scenes taking care of business and doing what God wants to do. And that's what happened here in this story. Um, they're dependent on the women, and and like we talked about with jail, she even went her against her husband's wishes. I mean, this guy was a friend of her husband, but God told her she was she knew Sisera, I believe, because he was friends with her husband. That's why he ran to her tent. He had been there before, so she seen him. She recognized him. This is a bad guy, my husband's friend, but. He's an enemy of God's people, so he's going to die. 
So she acted on her own convictions and, and took care of her business. Um, okay, then that kind of leads into relying on other people to be our conduit to God. Oftentimes, and I've been in churches, not, not so much this church, where the pastor is the conduit to God. He's trusted almost more than, than the book. You know, we don't have that problem here, fortunately, but we shouldn't I think how to phrase this. Just because Brian or Steve is not here wouldn't mean that we're not going to hear from the Lord, that we can't study his word and still, you know, have a time of fellowship. Not depending on our people. Uh, that's another thing that we do. So whenever the men weren't there, Deborah stepped up. If Brian's not here, we still step up. So kind of that that kind of thing. The last point I put on there is that we're all called to be spiritual leaders to our flock. And I, I do like that verse in First Peter. It's, it's actually two pastors feeding the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. We're all called to be spiritual leaders of our own households, our own families. Um, not just the pastors. So, so we gotta we gotta do the job. We gotta step up, be a spiritual leader. God wants you to be, and there's tons of verses on on doing that. All right, number three. Yeah, we're still on page three. Don't coexist with sin. Remove it from your life. This is another principle that we've seen, kind of in the beginning of the story. If we go back to verse four, uh, verse four fifteen. And the Lord discomforted Sisera and all his chariots and all his hosts with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and he fled away off his feet. Barak pursued after the chariots and after the hosts until Harasheth of the Gentiles. All the hosts of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword and there was not a man left. All right, this is a good principle. This is one of my one of my favorites on these. Barak's army, the good guys, defeated everybody except Sisera. But he's defeated all of them. Defeats them all the way to that the Harasheth of the Gentiles. That's a funny city name. It reminds me of something at the lake. Uh, it's just this funny name, but it was on the coast on the west side of Israel. He defeated everybody except Sisera. And Barak still went after him. This is the principle of making no provision for the flesh. Even though he had won the battle, he knew, Barak knew, God knows in our lives, we can't let anything remain that's going to come back. So Barak needed to take care of Sisera, the, the sin problem, and pursue it and nail it down. And that's that I put the verse on Romans thirteen fourteen. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And this is something I've had to do in my life. When you have a sin or you have a situation or something that causes you to sin, you've got to totally eradicate it and not and, and remove the ability for it to come back. You know, I'm thinking of things like you know, on your computer, if you've got links, then your the things you used to do and read and go to, they need to be deleted. Delete. Delete. 
if you've got phone contacts, people that you used to play with and deal with, get them off your phone. Don't even have it as a temptation. Just like Barak had to take care of Sisera. Even though he had won, he'd clearly won. Sisera had no more army. His chariots were bogged down in the river. Get rid of it. The root cause of the sin. Now I put the close the gate principle in Nehemiah. This is another cool story I like. Nehemiah was having problems with the the Jews uh, doing things they shouldn't be doing on the Sabbath day. They had all these street vendors inside the temple. And on the Sabbath day, they're going in and they're still buying their, you know, pocket fishermen and George Foreman grills, and they're still doing all their stuff. So Nehemiah has the vendors go outside the city, get rid of the sin temptation. Well, then the, the Jews started sneaking out of the gates to, to go do what they shouldn't be doing. So then Nehemiah orders the gates closed. No one's leaving. We're not sinning today. So that's what that principle is. The way by, Not today, Satan. Yeah, that bumper sticker and shirt. So I think it's cool. So Brack, even though he'd clearly won the war... Had to had to nail the last guy down. Had to take care of Sisera, the the real sin, the root of the sin problem. All right. So number four, confront and recognize sin when it shows up. All right. So let's let's look how it shows up in here. We're going to talk about this one for a second. Back in Judges, uh, let's see, back to verse seventeen. So they fought this big battle. What? What we're told later, in the, the next chapter, chapter 5, is a song that they write uh, that describe the events we've just talked about. And, and we get a little more detail in chapter 5. And in chapter 5, uh, verse 20, there was actually a flood that came and flooded out the, the dry riverbed that caused all these chariots of iron to sink in the mud. So God took care of the chariots of iron by, by rain which the latter rain is a is another second coming thing, but we won't go there. So the chariots are bogged in the mud. Everybody's wiped out. Sisera jumps off his chariot, and he starts running toward Jael's tent. So then let's pick it up in verse 17. Howbeit Sisera, he fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Hebner the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, her husband, or the, the king of the Canaanites, I mean, and the, the house of Heber, her husband. And then verse 18. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn into me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her, into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. And, she said, and he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk, gave him drink, and covered him. And again, he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be, when any man doth come and inquire of thee, and shall say, Is there any man here? Thou shalt say, No. All right, so that's, that's what he did. All right, so this point, confront and recognize sin when it shows up. Sisera, our bad guy, he shows up uninvited, unexpected, at her tent. Just the way our sin in our life shows up to us. We don't ask for it. We, we It's unexpected. It's unavoidable. We don't want sin. This guy could be a number of things, Cicero, in our life. 
He could be a person from our past that just shows up. It could be someone that we don't know that shows up in our life that you know we need to be wary of. Uh, it could be a situation, you know, some, some, something something at work going on, or some 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 situation, something come into our life we're not expecting that's we need to be wary of. It'd be a craving, a craving, or a temptation. Yeah, uh, a, an opportunity. It could be what a good job, maybe. You know, that, this is one thing I've mentioned in here many times. When someone gets saved, they start plugging in. They want to go to D1. They want to go to church. They want to do all these things. All of a sudden, they've got a job opportunity where they have to work Sundays. And they can't go to life issues or whatever. That pulls them away. So even though it seems like a good opportunity, it's actually a Sisera showing up at their tent. That's that's going to bring something evil into their life. So there's a lot of things that could be a Sisera. Each of us have Siseras that show up unexpected, uninvited, that we need to be able to recognize for what it is. And that's that's what happened here. Um, any kind of chaos. Cause he, and here's what he does, and I listed them out. He brings war to our home. He just came from the battlefield. He's all sweaty and bloody, probably. Shows up at her tent. He is bringing the war to her house, which is exactly what sin does to us. It, it, we can't avoid it. It comes into our house. It takes advantage of the weak. Her husband was gone. This is like an Adam and Eve thing. He was gone. I don't know where he was at. He may have been out at, along the battlefield rooting for Sisera. But while he's gone... Her husband's gone. The evil shows up. There's a lot of things that we can apply here, but but in our households, that's why we have to protect all of them in our house. I have to protect my wife from this stuff. I have to protect my kids from this stuff. We have to protect the people we love, the weaker in our family, from the Sisera's showing up at our tent. So that was because it'll find the weaker of the of the household. He wants to hide in your home. Sisera was coming there to hide out. He wouldn't come there to visit. He wants to hide. And that's what sin, chaos, all these things want to do. They want to come into your tent and hide. So, and as, like I said, as I was doing this, I, I've told you guys many times years ago, I, I was a drinker. I, I like to drink. So when I was putting this lesson together, just every one of these points, like, man, I did that. That happened to me. You know, I it, it came into my house. It it wanted to hide. You know, I didn't didn't want people to know. And that kind of brings the next one. It will ask you, the Sisera's in your life will ask you to do things to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. The first thing he says, I want a drink of water. He needs a drink. It's a seemingly small request. I mean, everybody had water. He just wants a drink of water. Not a lot. Not too much to ask. And that's what sin will do when, it, when we allow it into our tent and into our life. Is it's going to start at, at making requests of you to do things, to keep it alive. And the next one is to hide it. He wanted to be hid. And that's what sin wants to do in our life. When I started drinking, I wanted to hide it. Didn't want everybody knowing about it. And then the next one, it'll start asking you to lie about it. 
if there's anything in your life that you're lying and trying to conceal, it's probably a Sisera that we need to confess and get rid of. So, um, so there's a few things, and, and I'm just th- think you know I'm still thinking of mine. I, I did all of these things, and I allowed it into my house, and I did conceal it. And I think all of us could probably think of something that we've done to allow the Ciceras of life to, to do this to us. All right, so we'll continue on here. Any questions? Any anything? Yeah, Belinda. No. I need to get a drinky. Remember, they were friends. They probably didn't want to kill his friends. Exactly. Heber, she went again. Yeah, you're right. She went against her husband's wishes to kill him. She used her own convictions against her husband. Mm-hmm. So, like Pat said, they they probably had a long conversation when Heber gets back. So I'd take the hammer and nail out of her hand first. <laughs> so, all right. So, put a nail in it. We're on page four now. This is what she does. She had already made up her mind to kill him. I really believe when she seen him running toward her tent, all bloody and all. She knew him. He's like friends with her husband. She knew he he was a bad guy. And I imagine she may not have known exactly what she was going to do, but she knew he needed dispatched. So she invites him into the tent. What this kind of reminds me of, I, I might be reaching here, but when I was reading through this, I thought when we have a sin and it's time to confess it, I I need to get alone and with God and I need to like not kind of just okay sin let's get together I'm going to invite you into my tent of my heart and we're going to talk about this and I'm going to be honest and confess it that kind of reminds me of what she did here because she invites him into the tent um, and then whenever it started asking it when when the evil started asking things of her and asked her for water. She gave it milk. And I think that's interesting. Because at first thought, it's like, man, she's going up and above and beyond and giving him milk. Um, but when I got thinking about it, I, she gave him milk to give him something that will destroy it. Make him sleepy. Make him sleepy. Mm-hmm. I will give him milk. That will help bring about his demise. I don't want him in here eating and drinking my stuff and, and having you know a feast of, uh, at my expense of my fruit so I'm going to give him some milk to help bring about his end mm-hmm. and then in chapter 5 it goes a step further and says she even brought him some butter she's really going to put this guy down <laughs> so like I said don't ask sin what it, don't feed sin what it asks for give it what will destroy it and what's something that will destroy sin in our life I mean, memorizing scripture has always been to me. That's how I broke out of this cycle of sin with drinking anyway. I started carrying, think of the Sisera in your life, whatever it is, depression, anxiety, uh, people you can't, bad people you hang out with, you know you shouldn't. I mean, there's a lot of them. Find a scripture verse that directly targets that sin Write it out. I wrote mine out, put it on a little note card. I kept it in my billfold. So whenever I was tempted to drink, I would pull that little card out. And that would just, okay, Lord, you know, we can do this. Uh, so that, that's how I 
gave, I was giving it milk. I was giving my sin something that will help destroy it. Uh, and the last point there, before he showed up at her tent, she, she probably knew him and she knew that she needed to, to kill him. So, put a nail in it. All right, the next one. Use the tools God has given you. You know, this is like Moses. What's in your hand? What can you do to, to get rid of this Sisera? Got to have the right tools. Sin is, is uh, defeated by knowing and using the tools God gives you. And that's why I put the big hammer and the nail. And I've got to have illustrations. Yeah. So I've got the big hammer and a nail. Yeah. This is what she used. And this is what these things represent. The first one there, under uh, right hand and a big hammer. Jeremiah 23, 29, which Steve will get there eventually. His word is like a fire and a hammer that breaks things into pieces. So we know that the word of God is a big old hammer that you can apply to Mm -hmm. the problems of life. Memorizing scripture, that was my hammer. Kept it in my billfold. Knowing the scripture that will kill your Sisera. That's what you need. So, in the right hand, Jesus is the right hand all through the Bible. That's another key word, especially with end time stuff. He sits at the right hand of God. Anything right, right hand, right arm, right leg, is good. So, righteous. Hey, yeah, that's true. Righteous. Even the word right is in righteous. So, Bible's in your right hand. Your left hand, you got a nail. Ecclesiastes twelve eleven. This is this is pretty cool. The words of the wise are as goads. Now goads is that post that you have that has a nail or something on the end that you poke a cow with to get it to walk a certain way. You know, prodding, goading someone. The words of the wise are as goads and nails. This nail here, fastened by the master's assemblies which are given from one shepherd. Pastor Brian is the master of our assemblies that gives us wise words to instruct us on what the Bible says so that we can follow you know what what God wants us to do which are given from one shepherd. So the words of the wise words of the wise are as goads. So it's the it's the wisdom the biblical wisdom that brought, that Pastor Brian, Pastor Steve give to us that we can apply to our sin with the hammer to kill that sin once and for all. It's killed by the word of God and the wise instructions of our pastors is, is how we get rid of it. So, any questions? That's pretty simple whenever you look at it that way. Can you put down the hammer, please? <laughs> and it's actually a rubber mallet because my back hurts. I don't want to carry a big sledgehammer. Man, I tell you, if you want to see a big hammer, Leo has a that hammer you have in your truck. Sixteen pounds. Sixteen pounds. I can't really pick it up. Uh, we were doing something one day, and he was swinging that. He was swinging big hammer, man. So anyway, that's that's how that's how jail shows us how to take care of that sin alright the last one closing thoughts 
Don't forget to praise him and thank him for the victory. And it's, this is what chapter 5 is. Chapter 5, as soon as they're victorious and they're back on top of the, the cycle, sin cycle, they're praising the Lord, they don't forget to, to praise God. And they write a song. We don't have time to read it. What? Yeah. But chapter 5 is a very interesting song of Deborah that I just had to bring up. And that's, that's why I gave you the map that's on the last page, or one of the last pages. This map here. There's no map? Just keep turning. This, this is just a simple map. I'm not going to go through all the detail. But this is where the things happen that we just read about. The, the Harasheth by the Gentiles, all this stuff happened up here in northern Israel. So when you read the song of Deborah, you know, it starts out talking about how great, you know, the Lord defeated the enemies and all that. But then it kind of starts talking about Mount Sinai and starts talking about things that are down in Arabia things that are going that are future that are part of the second coming of Christ that are part of the battle of Armageddon and remember how last week I talked about the chameleon that these prophets would they would talk about something going on now but they would also be talking about future things and that's what this whole chapter 5 of judges is it's it's comparing the battle with Sisera the type of the Antichrist dies of a head wound, chariots of iron in the valley of Armageddon with the final battle when Jesus, the right hand, comes back and wipes out the Antichrist. So it's very cool. It's a cool chapter to read through. Because when you start reading Judges 5, you start saying, hey, that didn't happen. You see all these things that did not happen, that could not happen. They're in the wrong place. So, very interesting. You know what's that it's in the past too because in Psalm 107 mm-hmm. it takes you through those three cycles and yep. that's a four but it's back in the wilderness in Mount Sinai when God took the children of Israel out so he goes through the same cycle same cycle Psalms 107 it's about it walks you through it how just like you said in the, in the cycle on the front it takes you through that and shows you how they fell into the and the game yeah, it probably does. This is a very well... And I delivered you. It says all those things. Well, cool. That's in Psalms 107. Yeah, this is an established cycle. This isn't something uh, you know, Big Jim made up. This this is a cycle. Um, the, the cycle that we all go through. All right, so the back on... Also, the very last page in your handout was... I just wanted to give you the list of all the judges. Um... Because when the Lord delivered Israel, all these different cycles that we're talking about, just like this nail and a hammer, he always delivered them with unlikely, like foolish things, just like he does with us. We sometimes expect some big miracle or something to deliver us, but it's often something that's seemingly insignificant. You know, and I always, I put that on this thing here, like, Shamgar, one of the judges, he delivered Israel by using an ox goad, the same nail prod pointer. Uh, Gideon used the pitcher and the lamp. Samson, he used the jaw of an ass. I love cussing in church. 
But um, so he always used insignificant things to deliver him, and that's what he does with us. He'll use things that we don't expect to deliver us. So back on the page, the final closing page. Let me just bring out another the closing thoughts. Jael was used by the Lord to defeat the enemy. She didn't even have to leave her house. And I specifically put this thinking of like Carol Novak and some of the people that, that love the Lord. They join us every week online. And, and they don't even have to leave their house to be used of God, just like Jael was. She was at home in her tent, and God still used her. She was faithful, obedient, obedient. God brought the opportunity to her. Because I know sometimes I feel, at least me personally, you know, I work a 40-hour week job like most of us do, and I, I think, man, I could do so much more for the Lord if I didn't have to work. Um, you know, I, I could study more, I could teach more, I could do all these cool things, but God uses us where we're at. Jail was at home in her tent. You can be home in your tent. People online can be home in their tent, and God will still bring opportunities to you. Mm-hmm. To, to, to do God's work. And she was victorious because she recognized it. She acted quickly. And she knew how to use the tools God gave her to destroy it. That's probably the most important point. Is we need to know how to use the tools that God has given us. We need to, we need to know our Bibles. We need to know the principles. We need to know the wise words, the nails, that we can nail down our sin. And we do that through Discipleship 1 here at our church. We do it through Discipleship 2. I know Connie's in. We have so much good Bible teaching in this church. Even our library. You know, I'm looking at all of our books. I, I love our library. Uh, we have some really good books back here to teach us really good Bible that I feel that we don't really utilize enough. I know I don't. So... Anyway, that's my my lesson on the nail of jail and how we can help overcome sin in our life. Now, I might have to wrap up early because we got to teach in the mighty warriors, and I got to go get set up for them. So we got we'll get out of tad early today. Any closing thoughts or anyone? Does it make sense? I really appreciated this, this lesson. Thank you. Yeah, the nail of jail. All right, Ed, since you're standing, can you close us close us out? That's what you get for standing early. <laughs> no, just close this out, please. Father God, we really appreciate uh, all the types and shadows and, and pictures that you give us throughout Scripture of, of the ability to defeat sin through your power. We want to thank you so much for the ability to be able to cry out to you and, and that yes, we know that you will answer. Father God, thank you so much for, for Brother Jim and his um, faithfulness to you. Thank you so much for, for all our people here that, that show their faithfulness to you, not only in person, but from home. And we just want to ask that you keep us all faithful and keep us safe this day as we walk throughout. In your blessed son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. All right, everybody on Facebook, see you later. I'll shut her down. For now. For now. Till next week. And Steve will be back next week. This week he was. Uh, they they went to Houston on Friday a couple nights ago because Angie had a big reunion. Her dad's 90th birthday. Uh, 
So yeah, he's down there. Man, I've seen pictures on Facebook. They're like swimming. Uh, down in Houston, yeah. You mean the town? 90 years old. Yeah, 90 years old. Yeah, yeah, he probably will. He. Or 